Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is underway. St. Patty's Day is here. St. Madness Day at 6th and Peabody with Eha Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton Withrow, Brandon Wright, former Tar Hill. He'll join us in about 20 minutes. He'll be in studio with us. Uh, 12-year NBA career, and we'll dive into the NCAA tournament. Trey Wallace is covering what was a, a great game to open the slate of games in Greensboro for OutKick, where Kennesaw State uh, fell to Xavier, but Xavier came back. Kennesaw State was up big in the second half, and Xavier comes back to win this game 72-67 in a nail-biter to begin the day, as well as Michigan State's victory by 10 over USC. We'll recap all of that throughout today's show. John McClain with us live in Las Vegas. His annual trek to Nevada for the opening round of the tournament. He'll join us in the second hour as well. Chad, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hutton. Fired up. Survive in advance. The name of the game. Ask Virginia. Ask Arizona. Oh. If they'd rather trade spots with Tennessee or with Xavier today. It's all about finding a way to win. It's not easy in this tournament. Teams come ready to play. Kennesaw State was very we were, impressive. Today. We were very close to having another Cinderella in, yeah. the, in the round of 32. There are 13 join, in the second half. To join Princeton and Furman from yesterday's games. It's, it's been a great start to the tournament, Chad. It's been a lot of fun. Um, yesterday, the day session led to those two huge upsets yeah. that everyone's talking about. Night session was a bit of a dud, I think, outside of Northwestern Boise State, which was good. Tennessee, Louisiana got good in the yeah. last 10 minutes, yes. but was a blowout for much of that game with Tennessee surviving. But once again, we're off to a good start. Entertaining game between Michigan State, USC, near upset, Kennesaw State, Xavier. We got two really close games, maybe another possible upset happening with the Baylor Bears also. Maybe so. Plenty to get to today. Yeah, we've got three scores in progress. Davey Hudson uh, over next to our scoreboard area here in the studio. He's got the latest for us. Thanks. Uh, yeah, right now, uh, UC Santa Barbara, they are trailing by 7 to Baylor. Baylor up 58-51 with a little under 10 minutes left to go in the second half. And we currently have a game at the half. St. Mary's up 29-28 to over VCU. And then the other game that's about five minutes in, we got the second-ranked Marquette Golden Eagles over 9-5 to over the Vermont Catamounts. Yeah, and they were going back and forth early in that, Marquette. Uh, My Catamounts. Yes, the Catamounts. I, I always – I actually own a Vermont T-shirt. And I've, uh, I went to see a buddy who lived in Boston, gosh, this is probably 11 years ago at this point, and took a drive up to Vermont and went to Burlington, site of the University of Vermont and the, the Catamounts. Factory. And I said, you know what I'm going to do here? <laughs> a, I'm going to buy a parka because I'm at the <laughs> coat factory. And B, I'm going to buy a Vermont Catamounts t-shirt. And that thing is ragged. It's worn. I should have wore it today, but instead I'm supporting Joe Kinsey here and my Mo Shout Like out. a Champion shirt. You can yeah. buy... Outkick.com, very affordable. Thursday Night great, Mowing League. Great T-shirt. I am a member of the Thursday Night Mowing League, so I proudly support and I proudly celebrate. But I bought a, bought a Vermont shirt years ago. Should have wore it today. I am, um, in spirit, a part of that Vermont program today, Hutton. 
Kennesaw State, again, uh, they led big in the second half. Xavier comes back to win and tie it. They, they, they led with about five minutes into the first half, Xavier, and then took the lead again with around five minutes to go in the second half and what was a great finish. Uh, the next game up in Greensboro is Pitt taking on Iowa State. That game scheduled to tip off in roughly 12 minutes. And then in about an hour, NC State and Creighton. Chad, it delivered yesterday. Uh, we had the drama of the tournament. And Princeton, their first tournament victory since 1998. I love how these storylines play out. Mitch Henderson, the head coach, was on that team. And the script writes itself, really. This is the 11th time that a 15 seed has beaten a two. But we have seen this happen now for three consecutive years. And I think this is becoming more of the norm in college basketball. The, the season that we saw to, this year, uh, with all of the movement in the top 25, but also when you start to look at some of the schedules and you know a, a solid team down the road here in Belmont, who is in a conference, a one-bid league, uh, possibly two, but everyone beats everyone. So they don't end up getting more than uh, their, their bid from the conference tournament. It, it's a crazy season. And case in point, all of the arguments I was trying to make for Texas A&M being a seven seed, Penn State wiped them yesterday. There's not much of an argument now about the Aggies and where they were put in this tournament. It's, it's incredible because every year this is a great reminder that there are so many good players yeah. across the country. And, and everyone that's in this tournament, it's 68 out of 370, or whatever the number is now, that make it. So of those 68 teams, everyone's got good players. Whether you're a 16 seed, whether you're a 15 seed like Princeton, everyone has good players. I walk outside the studio yesterday here at Six and Peabody, and I watch with some of the bartenders and people here, everyone gathered around a big television watching Princeton finish off Arizona. And I'm watching this moment, and I'm thinking, man, I'm witnessing history here. And then in the back of my mind, I think, I remember as a kid watching Pete Carrill coach Princeton to a win over UCLA. And I think that was a 15 over two also. Ah. Went back and looked it up. No, it was a 13 over a four. And here's what I mean by that confusion. Every single year in the first round, whether it be Thursday or Friday, often both, we have these big moments of memory that clouds our judgment from year to year because it happens over and over and over again. This is the single best sporting event in America. I will argue that to the death. Now, I'm cheating also because it's a month-long spectacle. There are 68 teams, single elimination, many rounds, three weekends we're talking about. It's the best thing going from a one sporting event standpoint. But watching Princeton celebrate yesterday, the water bottle celebration, I'm just reminded of so many moments like that in years past. And I'm thinking to myself, this is awesome. This is what this is all about when you don't have a dog in the hunt. Now, if you're an Arizona fan, other end of it. You know, you've got like President a, Biden. You got a player, yeah, yeah. If you've got him Bracket on your busted, if you're President Biden, you put him on <laughs> the champion line. You're really out on what happened yesterday. But guys, you know, putting the not wanting the camera to capture their reaction after the game. It's both sides of that that I just find great yeah. about this whole thing. And every year it delivers. Hutton, we're out here today getting ready for the show, watching Xavier get pushed to the limit by Kennesaw State. 
the Kennesaw State crowd reaction, the coach. It's just incredible drama every single year, and it always delivers. It's, it's perfect. Our, our bets delivered, at least from a winning standpoint. Uh, if you followed us yesterday as we bet the board, we were on the plus side of the money. Uh, I went four and four. Chad, you were two games above 500. So, Five and three. So okay. we went nine and seven. Yeah. Betting every game. Let's do it again today. We're, we're trying to do that again today. I think anyway. we're at one and one right now to so start far, today. So far, yeah, because we had USC plus two and a half. I also took Kennesaw State plus the points. Nearly won the game, but we had 12 and a half there. We have the over 142 and a half with Baylor and UC Santa Barbara. St. Mary's, we're laying four points there, and uh, that game also underway. So St. Mary's favored by four. Marquette minus 10 and a half. Pittsburgh money line. NC State money line and Iona. I'm riding with Patino. Iona at plus eight and a half later today uh, as they take on UConn. What do you think of the early slate of games? I, I like it. Uh, I picked Michigan State in my bracket, so I, I know that one didn't hit. But what we have here is a chance to win again. What we also have is a chance at public humiliation, sure, which we're open to. We put all of our bets out there for you to see. And uh, if it's really bad... You'll, you'll know about it, yeah. and you'll let us hear I'll about it. I'll come to it, but you can go to outkick.com slash bet to follow us. Let Jack, me also say that if you're complaining about our 9-7 and seven record yesterday, yeah. GTFO, <laughs> because experienced gamblers that do this for a living would love to go 9-7. and seven. That would be winning gambling at all times. So successful first day. Let's ride it out today and have an even better record. Uh, Chad, Fairly Dickinson, you're taking them 22 and a half is what we're getting here on the uh, Fairleigh Dickinson line of this matchup. Uh, and Kentucky that tips later today, uh, minus four and a half. You like Kentucky going into the tournament more than I do. I'm following your lead here. Kentucky is a tough one only because they can beat anyone. We'll talk to Brandon Wright here in a little bit about that Kentucky team. They've got the talent to beat anyone in this tournament. They also have the inconsistency to lose by 20 tonight. To Providence. I, I don't think either would totally surprise me. I'm going to bet on talent, though, that that team has. I think they put it together. I like them against Providence. Outside of Bryson Hopkins, I don't think Providence has much that they're going to contend with with Kentucky. So I love the Wildcats in that one. Drake is a 12 seed that I picked mm-hmm. going into it. We got a, a buddy in the – we have a Missouri Valley Conference connection yep. who told us to bet on Drake, whoever they play. Yeah, no so what. we did that. We took Drake Moneyline. Um, under Grand Canyon, Gonzaga, this is the biggest over-under of the day that I could find going into it. Oftentimes, tournament games tend to go under when you have a huge over-under. So for that reason, I'm going under in that game. Both teams can score it, though. I uh, really like Memphis coming in this tournament. What they did to Houston, I understand Houston's shorthanded, but I like Memphis over a team in Florida Atlantic that lost Three games all year. Mm. That's right. Three games all year they lost. That's it. Uh, I'm going Kansas State to win between 11 and 15 points. This is the most outlandish of the day. I think I got the actual odds wrong on that one, but just roll with it. It's, it's going to be in your favor. Kansas State to win by 11 to 15 points against Montana State. Indiana, four and a half against Kent State. Hutton, that blew my mind when I saw that line. I know Kent State's good. And the MAC was pretty good this year, and that Kent State played single-digit games against Gonzaga and some other really good Dockage teams. Dockage thinks they're a, a, a chance to, I for a Cinderella here. I think Indiana, and look, I'm also clouded by my bracket, 
I've got Indiana in the Final Four. I think the Hoosiers roll tonight. I think they win by double digits. I think they easily clear that four and a half. Give me the Hoosiers in that one. And let's go Arizona State. They're coming off a game where they played, as Bobby Hurley said, the best half of basketball they've played this season against Nevada. They win that game easily. They're riding some momentum two days later. TCU hasn't played. They're not as, you know, they have not played as, as, as quickly back-to-back as Arizona State. I, I'm riding Arizona State and the Sun Devils with that momentum on the money line. Chad, the story that just continues to develop with the Alabama Crimson Tide and Brandon Miller is now with the New York Times, where Billy Witz, the reporter, is boots on the ground in Birmingham. Glenn Gilbo caught up with him, and he has maintained his story that Kai Spears was in the passenger seat with Brandon Miller on January 15th, the morning of January 15th, when Miller brought back the weapon that was used in the murder uh, and has now had uh, two, two men, one former Bama player, charged with, with capital murder in this while Miller continues to play. Kai Spears is one of four different entities involved with Alabama that Vietnamese, that have totally denied this. And from the stance of Spears, his father, the university, and with the, the lawyer that's involved as well that's representing Spears in this case. But last night around, well, early this morning, 12.30 a.m., email comes through where the New York Times, they back the reporting. And, and, and they say that they are comfortable with what Witz is reporting here based on his sources that remain anonymous but are familiar with this case. Everyone with Bama is denying it to the point where the statement from the university and from the athletic department said that not only was Spears not there, they can prove it. We haven't seen that yet. And no other student athlete was at the scene. That is as definitive as you get but the New York Times continues to back the report that Kai Spears, the walk-on, was with Miller the night that he brought the weapon back and, and gave it to uh, the, the, uh, one of the two that were charged with the murder. Miles. You've got Alabama in one corner, and in that corner, you've got the athletic director at Marshall also backing them. Who's the father of Spears. Father of Spears. You've got the New York Times and this reporter in the other corner. Both sides are dug in. Both sides are saying they're right. New York Times, they're reporting. Alabama and the kid's dad, who's the idiot, Marshall, saying they're right. Um, it's really a stretch if you know that the kid was there and you're going to lie to this level. So I have a hard time believing that Alabama and they are lying about this. I also have a hard time believing that the New York Times doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Here's the key piece to this. There is an unnamed passenger in that car. If Alabama is so vehement about being right on this, produce who the passenger was. Leak it. Someone. There are other media outlets out there that can report on this story. Someone get that story. Find out definitively who it was. You don't have to name the person if there's some sort of protection yeah. going on because of a witness. But you can report... We have it under authority. There was someone in the car. It was not Kai Spears. And we have proof of it, whether it be through law enforcement, the university, someone. So that's the missing link here. Unnamed person 
New York Times is saying it was Kai Spears, the walk-on freshman. If it's not, to me now it's on Alabama or on someone on the other side to produce who it was. Instead of just this standoff where it's, he wasn't there, absolutely. New York Times, he was there, absolutely. We stand by reporting. And they, they're, they're backing the report, both the writer and uh, the outlet, backing the report uh, despite four different entities with Alabama denying this, this story. And again, uh, Billy Witz is there uh, in Birmingham. So was Glenn Gilbo. He caught up with him, and Witz said, yeah, we, we stand by what we've said. I, I stand by my reporting. The paper backs me as well. Hit us up with your thoughts at Outkick 360. Current scores, Baylor leading UC Santa Barbara 71-54. That with 2.05 remaining in the second half. VCU and St. Mary's just underway in the second half, going back and forth. Right now, St. Mary's by 1, 31-30. And Marquette with an early lead by 6, 24-18 over Vermont. Coming up, Brandon Wright joins us in studio. We go all things bracket. We break down the NCAA tournament. That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Baylor has opened up the scoring on UC Santa Barbara. They now lead by 20. Under a minute to play in that one. St. Mary's and VCU back and forth. St. Mary's leading by four. It's 35-31 with 15 minutes remaining second half. And Marquette by eight. It's 28-20. 5-14 remaining before halftime. Hudden Withrow with you. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network. Joined in studio by a great friend of the show, Brandon Wright who is a, you know, a UNC Tar Heel at heart forever, NBA vet, and plenty to discuss with the NCAA tournament. Brandon, good to see you, man. Good to be back. It's a rare tournament where you've joined us where we're not going to mention UNC in the matchup. Yeah. We're going to be mentioning UNC can, can and Can we what just happened. get it out of the way early so we get we, the bad stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Start, we just, should. Let's go jump right let's to it. Let's just cleanse the palate right out, <laughs> off the bat. Then we yeah. get into more of the fun stuff with the tournament. Brandon, what the hell happened with your Tar Heels this year? That was shocking. Yeah, it was um, it, it was tough to watch because, you know, we just we didn't show up. And, you know, and early in the year, there were signs that we could, we could be okay. You know, we had some loss, close losses. We lost Alabama pretty close. Had some not, you know, a couple games. We didn't look good, you know. But then we got to the conference play, and then it went all downhill. We we couldn't get it done. Um, I think are we the first team to be preseason number one? First not team to ever. Make the tournament? Yeah, yeah, first team ever since they expanded to sixty four. Yeah, I was talking to a buddy, uh, a Carolina basketball alum. I think this season is this is worse than the eight and twenty season. Really? Because yeah. of the expectation you're saying. Well, expectation, and you know. There was so much momentum after last year, you know, we just wanted to keep it rolling. 
you know, there was a lot of talk, you know, the, the Sports Illustrated article with the, you know, on the front page and can we do it and, you know, preseason number one. And, you know, we could at least lengthen the tournament. You know, we, we just we just folded. And it's it's tough, though, because, you know, some of those guys are debating on coming back. I know Baycock is probably coming back. Um, I think R.J. Davis is coming back. I don't know about Caleb Love. He he got a lot of hate from the, you know, the fans and stuff on social media. So it's going to look a lot the same next year. <laughs> I just don't understand how you can be that good in the tournament and then not live up to the expectation of, I mean, it, just tournament expectation. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, did the players just not want to – participate after they knew they weren't in the tournament is that what happened with yeah the NIT? I, I think it's that too and then a lot of those guys futures are in the air and you don't want to put yeah. those guys on the court for the nit you know no disrespect to that tournament but you know last year down the stretch we made a lot of shots one-on-one yeah and um you know we didn't have to move the ball as much no this year we we just didn't make those shots we were a low assist team um pretty low scoring team for carolina standards you know we didn't run as much as we usually do and the, like I said this last year, the bench is still a big problem. We got to figure that out. We got, we got to change a couple things. I, I mean, we can talk about that more too. I, I think we need to go to the – you got to bring in four or five stud freshmen and just hit the portal and, and place pieces around it. That's the only way to win these days to me. At the, at, the highest, at the highest level. Yeah. Now, Kansas has done it at a, at a pretty good clip as far as keeping guys a long time. You know, and you see Kentucky, they struggle with it right now a little bit. Duke, they were a little slow to start this year. Uh, even though they looked pretty good last year, Duke is actually looking like maybe the best team outside of Alabama. Um, but I think that's what we need to do. We gotta we gotta figure it out. But you know, schools like Carolina and you know Duke and Kentucky, you just snap your fingers and they can be back in uh, an instant. No doubt. Is Hubert Davis under pressure next season following yes. this year? Yes, he's definitely under pressure. Um, you know, especially and it's because you know you can go out and get. Almost anyone yeah. at North Carolina, and, right? And, I mean, that's and they'll be one pa- of the top two or three jobs in college basketball. And they'll be patient with him, you know, but he has to come up and win. Um, you know, this year was definitely unacceptable coming off last year. And he's been around. He's been on some great team, on a great coaching staffs so of teams that that got beat by Villanova and then came back and won it the next year. So he's he's seen the lowest of the lows and then the highest of the highs. So – I mean, we just got to get on the road and, and get some guys in here. And, you know, I hate to say it, I, I don't like it, but we got to hit the portal. <laughs> it's, it's the new reality. Everyone of, else is. It's the new reality of college basketball. You know, you got to get those right pieces in. And it's kind of like it's, it's the NBA model right now where you got to put a team together and it's like, let's try to make a run with it. So, Brandon, you were a star player from Nashville coming out of high school. Uh, one and done, capable type mm-hmm. player, prospect, McDonald's All-American. Brandon Miller – same thing. Yep. From Cane Ridge High School, one and done guy at Alabama. A lot has happened this year. Oh yeah. With that Alabama program. Just when you look at that from afar, what are your thoughts about what Alabama how they've handled this, but also that team and they're terrific. They're the number 1 overall seed for a reason and Brandon Miller clearly a, a special talent. Yeah, I, I mean, let's get a team credit. I mean, they played great this year and I mean, they're still playing like nothing is affecting them off the court. Um, as far as what's going on. But, I mean, Alabama, I think they did a terrible job, you know, handling the situation. I, I probably would have just pulled all those players and at least step back and take a breath and kind of evaluate what's going on. You know, they were lying at first, and then they, you know, they, they kind of mis- misled us, and now they're, they're telling us something different, and, and now everyone's just playing. I mean, those guys are playing great. I'm, I'm glad they're, you know, separated distractions and 
and keeping that, you know, away from the team. But I just think it's a whole debacle and, and tragedy. I mean, because we brush over that, a, you know, a young lady lost her life and this whole thing. So right. that's, that's, that's the tough part for me. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to separate, you know, I look at the basketball, but now then the big picture is, I mean, she's not coming back. Is there, and it's also strange. You have daughters also. Yep, I, I yep. have daughters. Nate Oates says, I have three daughters, but I treat these players like my sons. I don't, I don't have sons. And I'm thinking, are we not going to acknowledge that someone's daughter died yeah, in yep. this when you're talking about it? So think about your daughter if that happened. Yeah. How, how would you want the school and the basketball program to treat that? Do you think they should go on with no punishment if they were involved at all? In, in any way, accidentally or not. I mean, that that's the hard time I have with all this. Yeah, that's that's the tough part for me, too. Like, they, they barely mention the young woman's name or they don't talk about her that much. You know, they just call it a – they what they call it, an unfortunate situation at first. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's tough, you know, and legally I think Brandon will probably be fine. Uh, but the optics behind how the school – you know, carried themselves and what they did was, was pretty messed up. Is there any doubt in your mind that he – face nothing because he is the best player in the country that always helps and I they're think a 500 team like what what would have happened i mean they they probably would have pulled him you know and and that's another thing too you you know you kind of question nate oates and the, the athletic department like you know they're probably looking into each other's faces saying you know we got a chance to win a national championship this year we haven't when is the last time alabama won a national championship in basketball never exactly so they're saying, do we want to spoil this opportunity now or do we want to just go ahead and go with it and, you know, whatever may come out down the line comes out, we'll deal with the repercussions, but we, we got a gold ball. You have them winning? No. But do you have winning? Or did you have winning? <laughs> did you have Arizona? I did not have oh, Arizona. Okay. <laughs> How high did you have UNC in your NIT bracket? No, I actually I, – I like Kansas to win again this year. Just because they've just been so solid. And they've been through all those big 12 teams. I got them going far. Because they've been through a lot of wars this year. How concerned are you with Bill Self and, and his health situation? Yeah. He may be there next weekend. You know, it's it's kind of a, a hit or miss situation there. Does that give you cause for concern? Yeah, it does a little bit. It always concerns me when, they, when, they, um, when someone gets sick or injured and they don't tell us what actually happened to them. You know, they haven't released anything. They didn't tell us it was the flu or they didn't tell us it was COVID. You know, so that, that makes me kind of concerned. Well, we know now, just recently, he had stents put in. He okay. had some sort of heart Yeah, and he's issues. Released. Yeah. So it's serious then. You yeah, know? It's, it's serious. So, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't count Good, on Goodman him. said, though, that he's chances are he's returning at some point in the tournament. Which sounds crazy. Yeah, I mean, because you, know, you want to put stress on your heart. I mean, right. I wouldn't – if I'm the, you know, Kansas administration, I'm saying, hey, take the rest of the year off. We'll see you next year. You know, hopefully we can pull it out without you. Yeah. You know, you can be at the game or you can be in the locker room or whatever, but – you know, we need you healthy for the long run, you know, for your family, you know, not for, for us. How do you evaluate Tony Bennett and Virginia? I mean, this is one of the crazier stories and careers yeah, in that yeah. they won six. He's won six NCAA tournament games in his career, <laughs> and they all came in one season. Yeah. And he has lost in the first round and upset in the first round every other – and not just upset, 16 over one, yep. 13 over four. 14 over three, but he's got a national championship. He's, he's one of the few coaches that has that on their resume. How do you evaluate that program overall? I mean, I think it's a great program. I think he's a great coach. And the way I, I, look, the way I look at them is they do something different in the ACC that no one really does. Clemson is, is kind of like them a little bit as far as the way they play. 
But they, they get out there and they want to lunch pill. They, they play like Tennessee every night on defense. They give it their all. They, you know, they, they grind you out. They don't care if the game is in the 40s. That's what they do. You know, when they won the championship, they had a lot of NBA players. Let's, let's, you know, let's, let's be honest about it. And I was, I was actually talking to somebody about this last night about Virginia, and, and they asked me a similar question to you, and why, why, did, why, what's going on with them? I think they need to be like Duke. So when Duke, remember Duke from about 90, late 90s to about 2010, 2012, they were always the best team defensively in the ACC. And then Coach K got really, really smart. He said, you know what? I think we need to flip this. I think we need to start recruiting better offensive players, put less emphasis on defense, and we need to start scoring the ball more. I think that's what Virginia's going to have to do. They're going to have to flip the whole script. Because, I mean, they can get those guys there. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good enough program. But they, they have to flip it. They, they can't continue to play the way they play because that's what happens in the NCAA tournament. They don't score enough points, and they get beat by a team they should have beat. Brandon Wright in the studio with us. Outkick 360 uh, rolls on and on the Outkick Network. Brandon Wright, of course, played for North Carolina. There is no chance in hell he would say he's cheering for Duke in anything. We have Auburn and, and an Auburn player saying that he's cheering for Alabama throughout <laughs> this tournament. You know the rivalry there. Uh, Charles Barkley is saying that he hopes Alabama does well and that he believes that Auburn will be rooting for Bama. And then sure enough, there's a player on the team that says yeah I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Alabama uh, what do you make of that and what would you think if you saw a Tar Heel say that about a blue double I mean personally it just doesn't feel right you know I, I don't want to see NC State win a game you know I don't, I don't <laughs> want to see any of these schools I mean I was happy Virginia lost to be honest you know they've been kicking our butts for the last five years or so um so I was kind of happy they lost, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to watch those teams, especially in your conference, and they, if they, especially if they've beaten you, and you say, "Oh, I just want to go." I hope they win it. If we don't win it, did he even say if we don't win it? Oh no, no. he said no. we're rooting on because we're both schools from the state of Alabama. Yeah. I mean, if Tyler Hansbro came out and said, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for Duke to win this national title, do you have an intervention? Do you excommunicate him from the Tar Heel Club? Do you pick up the phone and call him? Like I feel like some teammates need to, you know, probably talk to a former, a, a, a fellow Tar Heel and say, yeah, we don't do that here, right? Yeah, and, you know, I, I guess it's different than you know that rivalry, but this, you know, on this side is is deep. You know, if I just can't imagine one of our guys or even one of their guys saying that, you know, that that, that was that was a pretty crazy statement, and, that, and you know they haven't even lost it; they're still playing. You know, so. That's unbelievable. It's a new generation. It is. That's exactly what it generation. is. It's a newer generation. Yeah, it's different. It's let's, different. Let's talk about Duke because they are red hot. I mean, that, this is how you want to be playing yeah. come this tournament. Yeah. They jump out to an 11-0 lead last night. They roll easily over a good Oral Roberts team. And you've got this weird situation now, Brandon, where Tennessee will be in the white uniforms in the second round as the higher seed against Duke. And I don't think anybody thinks Tennessee is going to win based on how they've played without Zakai Ziegler versus the way Duke is playing right now. What kind of chance do you give the Vols to upset the number five seed as a number four seed with playing Duke this Saturday? Low. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't see how Tennessee scores enough points. And, and this is a good matchup, actually, for them, I think. I think they can get pretty physical with Duke. Duke is a young team, but they're very tall. But, uh, you know, Tennessee is strong. They got bigs on the inside. They can handle, handle you know, the, the paint. Um, you know, Tennessee's been great defensively all year, and that's what that's what's causing them to win. You know, that's what allowing them to win a lot of games. But I, I just think Duke's going to have too much form. 
But I mean, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than we think. But I think Duke will pull it out. I mean, I think I think Duke probably gets to the Final Four. I mean, it's the path is there. And then you know they 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 were a little up and down earlier this year, but now they're on fire. I mean, and they got a lot of NBA players too. I mean, those guys came in with a lot of heat, and then they kind of oh, they, this team is not as good as we thought they are, but they actually are pretty good. They're they're peaking at the right time. Can you point to one thing with Rick Barnes? I saw that now that Coach K's retired. He's got more NCAA tournament appearances than any active coach at 27. Yeah. But he doesn't win in the NCAA tournament. Is there one characteristic or trait you can point to as to why that is? An example is Dan Dockage, who's on the Outkick Network. He says guys like Rick Barnes, they're so stubborn on yeah. defense. Yes. And yes. they're so consistent mm-hmm. that they don't change their mindset in the tournament. And if you make a defensive gaffe, they pull you. And you can't pull guys who can score. In the tournament, you got to let them play through it a yeah. little bit more in tournament games, and Barnes is unwilling to do that. Is that part of it? Uh, yeah. I mean, look at the Oregon State game. I mean, those guys were shooting the lights out. He's pulling guys in and out, you know. But you're taking your best players off the court. Those guys that got you, was it a four seed or whatever they were, or the five seed? Yeah, I think it was five, that was a 5-12 five, five. game, yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you're playing a hot team and shooting a lot of threes, but, you you know, you, you know reluctant to change it up. I, and I made a lot – I'm in a group chat with a bunch of Tennessee fans. They they were upset about. It. I said Tennessee is in a in a stage now where they need to figure out how they can get to the next level. And I I don't think Barnes would be that coach. Was there a point this season though you thought they were a, a title contender the way they were playing? No, I still don't. I still don't think they can do it. I think it's the whenever Barnes moves on, retire, whatever. That next coach can take this program to the next level. It's kind of like Nova did with um, yeah, Jay, Jay Wright, Wright. and. How they doing down at Baylor? That's where that's the next step for Tennessee basketball, in my opinion. Do you think there's another team that gets involved for Patino? <sighs> Seems like St. John's right now. I, I think it's probably a done deal behind closed doors. Did already. Patino recruit you? He did. How he did. how were the parties? I'm kidding. <laughs> was he at Louisville the time? He was at Louisville. I actually didn't even take the official visit. Really? So I was on my way, and then I think a guy, uh, I think um, what was his name? Derek Character committed. Yeah, I remember and they, him. And they took him. And they said, we, you know, we don't know if you're coming here. You know, it's up in the area. And I was, you know, cool. It was, it was fine. And then a week later, they called back. And they were like, do you still want to come on the visit? And I, you know, it was done after that. But that's, what had, that's how that went down. How big was the Patino name when you were going through recruiting? Because that, that's, you know, for us, that is a big-time college basketball brand is, is Rick Patino. No, it was um, huge. I mean, massive. Like when he came to, when he came to BA, it was like a, a story. You know, people like all the sports fans like running around and because he pulled up in a limo, <laughs> and he had on his his suit, yeah, just clean. You know, just his traditional. You know, his New York style, all you know, Italian mafia type type of yep. feel. Tailored. Yep, he was clean. You know, he we spoke. You look him in his eye. He demands the respect. I mean, I, I mean, he's a he's a great guy, great coach. What did um, Carolina and Duke pull up in? They were a little bit more low-key. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think that's just the, the Patino style, though, you know? Oh, no doubt. But you think it's St. John's and it's done? I, I think he fits perfect. Yeah, he, no, he does. I mean, just look at everything that, you know. And I think he's going to win there pretty quickly, too. What do you think Texas does? I like Texas, too. But, they, you know, they are kind of inconsistent. You know, they lost some games that they shouldn't have lost. But, like I said, those, I like those Big 12 teams. They, they've been through a lot of wars this year. I mean, all those top, those top six, seven teams, they're all good. K-State. K-State, TCU is good, too. Um, you know, they, those teams are solid. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those teams just made a run to the Final Four. 
What's the what's the missing piece that Shaka Smart could not figure out about Texas that he's doing at Marquette now? I think it's just the pressure. I think he performs well at places that don't have the as high as high expectations. You know, VCU. You know, great situation. You know, I can do what I need to do. I can bring in the guys I want to bring. Then you get get to Texas, and then you know, whoa, you got to go to Final Fours almost every year. You know, at least be competing for Big 12 championships with Kansas and Baylor. You know, you, you got to – you can't be lose to Texas Tech. You know, you, you got to get the job done, a lot of pressure. Then you go somewhere, Marquette, he's a little bit more comfortable. You know, league is a little bit different. A little bit more laid back is Milwaukee, you know. It's a little bit different. Um, you know, less money. Then you get your guys back in that you're used to recruiting. You don't have to worry about the, the top of the top, and you can go win. And he's done a great job this year. Is there a dark horse Final Four team for you? I mean, I, th- I think I think Chad already said it. I think Indiana is probably the dark okay. horse team for me, at least. I like I, I like what they're doing. You know, I, I like the team. I actually you know, caught a lot of their games this year um, on ESPN or whatever. But the team looks good. You know, those big team Big Ten teams. They it was a it was a tough conference also. I like those teams, those conferences where every night you have to fight no matter if it's the the best team in the league or the worst team in the league you know you got you got to fight um those teams those teams traditionally do well how would you guard Zach Eady of Purdue at 7 foot 5 and his weight <sighs> i mean you you got to work him on defense that's that's the thing get him out in the pick and rolls as best as you can i know they do a good job of kicking him out kicking him back down in the post um you know those five wides you know, they really hurt him. You know, he has to move his feet and, and guard those screen rolls and guard, you know, tinier guys. But, I mean, he's just an absolute monster. I, I like his game, though. You know, I like how he plays. He Seven moves five. well for a guy his size, he does, too. He does move I mean, pretty well. I mean, it's not all slow. Like, he's I mean, got good fluid movements at times. We got to look at Purdue's, like, roster, like, the last seven or eight. They always have a guy over seven foot that's at least 250 pounds plus every year. They, always, they love having that big guy in the middle. But, you know, they, it hadn't translated to the tournament, so we'll see what, uh, what they can do. Brandon, you were in the league, NBA, for a dozen years. You played in Memphis. Behind the scenes, is the NBA doing what they need to do with Ja Morant to make sure that they get him back on a path that is a positive one instead of this downward spiral we're watching play out? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have any inside information on the, like the actual situation, but I think they kind of gave him a slap on the wrist like, hey, look, man, you got to – got to straighten it up you know no more guns on social media no more hollow point tweets no more you know no guns shooting during the game you know we gotta we gotta pull this in um because the investigation i wonder if we'll ever see the full and guest investigation on you know where he got the gun from or you know did he travel with it on the plane and what was the situation but I all think, they've said is they ha- could not prove yeah. if it was on the plane or not i i, I mean I, th- I think they really said look we're gonna give you a break here. We think you. I think he's a good kid, you know. Um, but obviously, you know this nonsense type of stuff has to stop. You know, if he wants to continue and being an NBA player, you know, obviously he can't do these type of things. But I think they they put him to the side and, and just let's get away from the game for a second. Let's 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 look at what you've been doing. You know, let's yeah this situation this this situation this you know let's let's calm it out. Let's 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 pull back just a little bit. You know, and then remember why you're here, you know? I think it's that type of thing. Well, and I mean, everyone has something to lose here, but the uh, from Jaws' perspective, I mean, he's wh- – where would you put him in the league, just pure talent? I mean, he's the top 
at least top ten at the at you know at, at minimum the, at minimum yeah you and then argue. you have a debate from there yeah you can argue top five but I mean they need him um, but it, you know all this stuff is crazy though because you <laughs> you look at their home record and you look at their road record I mean they had yeah. a terrible team on the road well they're now uh, leaving party cities right after the game and not staying the night yeah that's that's because that's, of what's going on that's an interesting thing you know usually that's controlled by the vets on the team you know you'll the coach asks you, I want to stay over, what do you want to do? They, they go over these things before the season started. So that's probably a good move, you know, instead of staying over in Miami or staying over in Atlanta, we let's go ahead and go to the next city. Because if you do that, you, you kind of burn the whole night. You can't really go out because everything else is closed, you know. What's a punishment if you go, if you stay over in the city? Charlotte? Where else are you going? Um, we, you wouldn't stay in Charlotte. Utah? Milwaukee? Yeah, you wouldn't stay in those places. Usually, you know, go to Chicago or whatever. But you usually don't stay. You stay over in like Miami and Phoenix and obviously in L.A. Yeah. I actually seen, I think Oklahoma City is going to be in L.A. the whole week. <laughs> so it's interesting. For Lakers, Clippers? Yeah. It's interesting because they're, I think they're like a game back of 10th. So they need to win these games. And they're going to stay in L.A. Coaches are just sweating yeah. the whole and that's time. And that's, that's the youngest team in the league too. So when you guys get some free time, just check that out. Oh, see, well, see how yeah, they do. Brandon, um, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, man. Thank I appreciate you, as always. you guys. Always great seeing you. Yeah, Brandon Wright, uh, one of the best. Be Right 34 on social is where you can find him. Tar Hill, who will never cheer for a Blue Devil. Uh, we've got plenty of details coming up on the in-game scores and much more straight ahead on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Six minutes into the game, Pittsburgh up big over Iowa State. The 11 over the 6, scores 16-2. to two. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network. Marquette leaves Vermont at the half by 9. It's 39-30. And St. Mary's by 7 over VCU currently in the second half, 747 remaining. Kansas, they took care of Howard easily. The blowout by the Jayhawks. And Vice President Kamala Harris, well, uh, a very positive pep talk to Howard post-game. You guys were so good. You played hard. You played to the very last second. You made all us Bison so, so proud. You showed the world who Bison are. You know, I was at Howard back in the day where we were just happy that there was a game. <laughs> Much less get into this place, right? And I see Bison literally all over the world, and we've been talking about you, this team. You make us so proud. So I know you may not be feeling great right now, okay? But know who you are. You are excellence. She is Selena Meyer from Veep. That is Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I've, I've seen the cut-up of that. Yeah. But that speech, I mean, it looks like it was written by, I think, Armando Iannucci, 
was the writer and creator of Veep. He wrote that speech. It is so uncomfortable and awkward and just funny throughout. It's as if Selena Meyer, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, addressed her alma mater after a game and didn't know anything about the team and didn't know what happened and, in fact, probably didn't know anything about basketball or the purpose of the sport. Or just sport, knew that they lost. And just walked in to go, you're just so – you tried so hard. Uh, all the Bisons <laughs> everywhere are – there's Bisons everywhere. They're proud – for a second, I didn't know if it was Teddy Roosevelt talking about bisons across America <laughs> and the preservation acts that he was going through or talking about Howard alums. That is hilarious. I'm not even mad at it. It's just so funny. 68 was the final. I mean, you also have to know, like, a team just lost. Right. If, if you were around sports, she's clearly not. But if you're around sports at all, you'd know to get in and get out quick. Hey, guys, no, it's a tough time. Thank you so much for working so hard throughout the year. Yeah, hold You your made head all up. of us Howard alum proud yeah. to get to this point. I know you can't really see that right now, but thank you, thank you, thank you. I was thrilled to be here today as an alum. Thank you. And get out if you're hurt instead of, you know. Instead of adding to the sentence by sentence. Sounding like you were getting a snack because you've successfully <laughs> completed nap time after lunch in kindergarten. Guys, you're just so smart and tried so hard. To the very mm. last second. Thank you so much. At least you didn't bring up NASA in space, right? That was incredible comedy. So thank you, Kamala Harris, for providing that clip for us. How about Pitt? 18-2 uh, to two over Iowa State to begin this game. Uh, from the play-in this is one of to the round bets. of 32. Yes, for you sure. you got to get in on our bets. It's time to win, Chad. Some of the best bets around is what you'll find right here. Kentucky takes on Providence later this evening in Greensboro. The first tip-off in Greensboro, great matchup between Xavier and Kennesaw State where Xavier advanced barely. Trey Wallace was there. We previewed the Wildcats matchup out of the SEC against Providence and much more. We'll lead off with scores and a preview from Trey on Outkick 360.